Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Another journey into the realm of the strange and terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves. Where are we going? You'll find out when we get there. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I've got a nice, creepy, old-time radio classic for you today from The Witch's Tale. I just absolutely love plays like this. They're my favorite kind, and they just really embody what classic old-time radio horror and suspense is. Absolutely love it. So let's go ahead and get into today's play from The Witch's Tale. Sit back and enjoy Graveyard Mansion, which aired March 6th of 1933. <laughs> We bring you The Witch's Tale, written and produced by Alonzo Dean Cole. Let us join old Nancy, witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. <laughs> Hannah and three-year-old I be today. Yes, sir, Hannah and three-year-old. Satan. If these folks want to hear another of our pretty little bedtime stories, 
You just tell them to douse out them lights so's we'll have it nice and dark. Now draw up to the fire and gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep, and soon you'll be down south with us in old Louisiana. <laughs> it's strange country down there, ghost country. And outside, a little railway depot there begins our yarn about graveyard mansion. <laughs> graveyard mansion. <laughs> Good heavens, driver. We're strangers here. Just got off that train. You can't expect us to walk a distance you say is three miles at this time of night. Or rather morning. We'd be lost among your cane break and bayous before we got halfway. I'm powerful sorry, gentlemen, but I wouldn't drive you to the old Tate Gross plantation house at nightfall the money in the New Orleans mint. And neither will anyone else in these here parts. Why not? What's wrong with the Ted Gross place? What you all want to go out there for? Well, if it really makes any difference to you, we've just inherited the plantation. We're down here to take possession. Your name's Blanchard, then? Yes. Now, I heard your two brothers was expected. Your lawyers had men from Barton Rouge this past week fixing the house up. They was glad to get away this morning after only spending daytime there. Say, will you please tell us exactly what you're driving at? Just this. If you gentlemen are wise, you'll take the first train back up north and forget the Tate Ghost place was ever left you. That old house ain't been lived in for nine hundred years. For good reason. Folks here call it Graveyard Mansion, because it's a house of the living dead. What? That's all I know, gentlemen. Good night. Hey, come back here. Wait a minute. Well, I'll be doggone. <laughs> Drove off and left his flat. He didn't even want to stay and talk about the place, Kurt. Good <laughs> It looks as though we've inherited a haunted house. Our attorney never mentioned such thing in his letters. Well, he's an educated man. You don't think he'd write us as such a crazy idea as that? Come on. We'd better start walking. Walk? To Tate Gross tonight? We haven't any choice. That chap is the only taxi man. There are no hotels in this little village. Uh, Let's go back to the depot. We'll get directions from the station master and see if we can buy a lantern. All right. <laughs> that chump said... Our new home is called Graveyard Mansion. <laughs> yes, because it's the house of the living dead. <laughs> Poor superstitious idiot. <laughs> Imagine believing in ghosts in this 20th century. <laughs> How can people be so dumb? There's the marker they told us to look for, Kurt. The house must be just beyond those trees. I hope it is. I'm tired. Yeah, so am I. This hike has taken longer than we expected. Must be nearly dawn. Yes. It's Louisiana's eerie country at night. Ghastly Spanish moss hanging from the trees seems to writhe like something living. And those clouds of mist that rise from the bayous take strange shapes. Half-human shapes. Sort of puts one in the mood to almost believe in... Ghosts. What if we didn't have good sense? <laughs> wonder what it is these people fear about our new property. That old Creole who sold us the lantern was more insistent than the cab driver that we make no attempt to live in the place. Without being any more explicit as to reason. Yeah, he seemed either afraid or ashamed to make any real explanation. 
But like the other chap, he said it was a house of the living dead. Well, that doesn't make sense even for a ghost story. Oh, it's just a lot of bunk. Well, if the tales are in bunk, we'll soon find out. Look. Huh? We've arrived. Kind of a spooky-looking old place at that. It's different than I pictured it. Sort of like a French chateau. Our ancestor who built it was married to a Frenchwoman. She was probably responsible for its design. Let's go in. Uh, wait. Kurt, look there. Those tombstones. The burial ground. Maybe that's why they call the house Graveyard Mansion. That's what I was thinking. Come on. Uh, wait a minute. Does it seem to you there's something moving in the darkness beyond those tombstones? Something white? Yes. Oh, some of that ghastly mist that rises from the bayous. I, I, I suppose so. It, it looked almost like a woman. Now let's go inside the house and get some sleep before we become as goofy as the natives we've talked to. Hold this lantern while I find the keys that lawyer sent us. His men didn't fix the place up very well. There's a broken window. I see. Here we are. Phew. Black as a coal mine in here. What was that? Oh, bats. Place is full of them. Oh. Wish I could find a lamp. The lantern isn't much good. No, its light doesn't seem to penetrate this darkness at all. It's almost a non-natural darkness. Yes. It's funny. The ventilation from that broken window it ought to smell sweet in here. It's a nerfy odor about the place, like a... Like a tomb. What's that? Dorsley. Curtis, down that hallway. A woman. That laugh. Well, she's no figure of the mist. I'll soon find out who that is. Come on. Well, she's disappeared around the corner. She went through that little door. Help me. Yes. Here it is. It's stuck. All right. I've got it. Uh, it leads to the cellar. There she goes, down those stairs. Hey, stop you. Who are you? She doesn't even look around. After her. Hold up that ladder now, let it... That's not you from my hand. We're in the dark! With her! That laugh again. Hold on to your nerve. I've got matches. Well, give me a light, for God's sake, light. Here. Oh, thank God. The lantern isn't broken. Unlight it, quick. I have it. Now we'll see what... The woman's gone. The cellar's empty. Where does she go to? This isn't a true cellar. It's just a little vault. There's no way out, save by these stairs. She couldn't have passed us. They're too narrow. Vault is bare. No place in which to hide. Curtis, what's that set up in the wall? Why, it's... Burial crypt. A burial crypt? A tomb! <laughs> That's Ellen. where that woman hid! Ellen, hold on to yourself! Here, don't let your nerves go like that! Ellen, our senses have been fooled! Those stories we heard, these ghastly myths we, 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 we've seen have made us imagine things that can't be true! We haven't seen any woman, there's been no woman here to see! Oh, but we heard her! Oh, we only thought we did! Our imaginations have played us tricks, I tell you! Alan! Alan! You, you must be right. Of course I'm right. It's the only explanation. There's an inscription on that tomb. What? What does it say? I see. It reads, Here lies Antoinette de Morave, wife of Adrian Blanchard. Born 1782. Died 1804. A hundred and thirty years ago. Antoinette de Morave. She's the woman this mansion was built for. Yes, I remember her name now. Come, let's get out of this cellar. Wait. Funny. What? It's cold as death down here, but this slab is warm. Feel it. Yes, it's warm as life. 
rooster crowed. That means it's dawn. Let's get out of this cellar where I can see the light of day. Go ahead, I'll follow. Julia, now this slab is growing cold. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. But, Alan, I've told you a thousand times that everything we thought we saw and heard and felt last night was pure imagination. Well, that's simple common sense. I know it is. And I've honestly agreed with you all day. But ever since the sun went down, I... Oh, I realize I'm acting like a baby Kurt, but this place has got my goat. <laughs> You'll soon get over that. Cold shivers ran up and down my spine for hours after we came out of that infernal burial vault this morning. Now that I've had a little sleep, I feel honestly cheerful about our inheritance. Why? Why do you suppose that single tomb is in the cellar when there's a graveyard just outside? Oh, I don't know. Oh, Lord, I forgot to show you. Alan, look what I found in the attic. A miniature portrait. What a beautiful woman. Yeah, look at the back. It's engraved. To Adrian from... Antoinette! Uh-huh. our lady of the tomb. Wasn't she a knockout? She must have been lovely. Her great-great-uncle must have been mad about her. That's probably why she's buried away from the common herd. Poor thing. She was only 22 years old when she died. A branch of the family still lives down here. Wonder if we have any female cousins who've inherited her good looks. <laughs> we can find one. I'll bet you'll have no more objections to living in this house. Oh, you and I are going to be crazy about this place. Look out this window at that neglected land we're going to put in shape. Look at those great trees and that bayou shining in the moonlight. And those old tombstones in the yard. It's nearly midnight when they say the dead return to life. Now, if you're going to start that again, I'm going to bed. You better turn in yourself. It is midnight. Yes. Just midnight. Kurt, did you hear that door? The wind must have slammed it shut. It may be the door from that cellar. Now stop that. You're not going to pieces on me again. Kurt, look out this window. The woman whom we saw last night. Good Lord. She won't get away from me this time. Where are you going? After her. Wait, wait, don't leave me. Wait, Kurt, don't go near her. Let me go. No, no. Alan. She's turning back. She's coming toward us. Run. She's something awful from the grave. I won't believe that. Let me go. That laugh. 
Same we heard last night. Run, I tell you, run. She's something risen from the dead. Lord, help me. I believe you're right. Come on. Run, run. Wait. She's calling to us. There's there's nothing dead about that voice. Why do you gentlemen run away from me? Do you think I am a ghost? Look at her coming there. A healthy-looking flesh and blood girl. She... She's laughing at us. Can you blame her? Of all the dumb, benighted saps, yes, we are... Yes, we certainly are. Curtis. What's the matter now? Look at her. She's the image of that miniature you found. The living image of a woman who's been dead a hundred years. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you permit, I take the liberty of introducing... Myself. <laughs> Satan, if these folks come see us next time old Nancy has a birthday, she tell them some more about graveyard mansions. <laughs> the house of the living dead. <laughs> Another five minutes mystery. <laughs> As soon as I got your phone call. What's up, Lieutenant? Well, usually Navy intelligence doesn't call in anyone else on case. Now we're dealing with murder. Mm-hmm. Does the name A92 mean anything to you? A92? Isn't that the Navy fighter that crashed in the test flight? That's right, Inspector. We have the Navy tackled the job of seeing what went wrong with the plane. That was no accident. It was sabotage. Sabotage? Yes. That means, besides losing a vital aircraft, we also lost a more vital test pilot. Sabotage caused his death, or, to be blunt, murdered. That's where I come in. Yes, Inspector. Tell me, Lieutenant, how did the A-92 happen to crash? Well, the plane was pretty well damaged by the time we reached it. But we did find marked indications that the landing gear had been tampered with. Wasn't the plane closely guarded before the test? Yes, it was. And with the exception of the ground crew, only three men came in contact with the plane. Who were they? Well, of course, it was Malloy, the pilot who was killed. And then it was McGraw, who was another pilot, and Jager, who was the chief mechanic. Hmm. When could I question these two? Right away, if you want to. I've got them waiting in the next room. I'll call them in here. Down the draw, Jager. Come in, please. Go, Lieutenant. Boys, this is Inspector Dunn. Sit down, won't you? The draw here was to have been the pilot from the test. But he fractured his wrist a few days ago, so Malloy had to take over. You certainly were lucky, McGraw. You could have been in that crash instead of the other fellow. Yeah, you said it. Tell me, Jager, what were your duties around the A-92 as chief mechanic? Well, after the ground crew got finished with the plane, I'd make the final check. 
Did you do that the day the A-92 crashed? Yes, Inspector, and I didn't find anything wrong with it. Can't understand it. That fighter could have been the most powerful thing on wings if it hadn't cracked up. There was nothing the A-92 couldn't do. I should have made airplane history. Malloy, he didn't trust any of these new grease monkeys. He always wanted the plane to be given a last okay by Jager. Say, Inspector, uh, would you like the names of the ground crew? There might be a phony among them. No, Jager. I think I've got our saboteur. What do you mean? I mean he's in this very room. Well, don't just sit there, Inspector. Tell us who he is. Yes, certainly, gentlemen. Our combination murderer and saboteur is none other than Chief Mechanic Jager. What clue led the Inspector to believe that Jager is the guilty one? We'll give you the solution in a moment. But first... Not to destroy them. And your job is also to give the final okay on the A-92. Yeah. If anything had been done to the plane prior to your inspection, you would have noticed it. But no, there was nothing wrong with the A-92 till you gave it a final check and sabotaged it. But Inspector, why would he do a thing like that? Possibly for money, or maybe a possible grudge. I don't know now, Lieutenant, but I think the boys at headquarters will get that out of him quick enough. Come on, Jager, we're going to take a little ride. <laughs> 